0: Okay, folks. It is Friday night. Uh, You'll probably get this Saturday morning, but I thought I'd come on just to kind of go over some big news. Uh, The New York State Gambling Commission has actually allowed for mobile betting to take place in the state of New York. I know for those of you not in the New York area, you're wondering why does this matter? It matters because New York is the largest market by far uh, for potential. uh, users of DraftKings and FanDuel. So those sports books are going to be active. Uh, we uh, There's also sports Sportsbook, and uh, it is also going to be uh, uh, Rust Street Interactive. Basically, what you kind of need to know, uh, I mean, bottom line is that as of uh, 9 a.m., everyone's going to be up and running uh, from uh, what. Uh, Seems to be the case, and there's going to be enough uh, interaction. I think uh, that it's going to lead to more uh, promotions throughout from all these companies, just because they have so many different markets in in play now, and it's going to basically open floodgates, in my opinion, on uh, some of these other states. And now that you have uh, uh, New York in play. Now, the one area where it's going to be uh, restricted is still going to be uh, in terms of college events where it takes place in New York. So uh, the New York sports teams uh, uh, from uh, the college ranks so the Syracuse of the world, uh, those those, uh, games uh, would not be uh, subject uh, to uh, sports betting. But this is huge news. Uh, i mean we've been waiting for this day for years even from when before i launched this podcast uh back uh oh uh, uh, wow it, 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 I, I think i think we actually uh passed a five year anniversary maybe rivet you know, is year five. Uh, it's, it's kind of crazy just uh, thinking back how long uh, of a road this has been uh overall so it, you know This is uh, tremendous news, uh, uh, regardless of how uh, you want to slice it. uh, uh, As we enter year five of the show, just uh, tremendous to see uh, this uh, uh, taking over in terms of uh, interactive uh, play. So, again, massive news. Uh, Most folks were expecting mobile betting to take place uh, before the Super Bowl. Uh, the fact that they even launched before the NFL playoffs is going to be huge because it's going to be a nice barometer to kind of gauge uh, the level of interaction from fans in general as to how much action takes place. And th- don't get me wrong, the NFL is still king when it comes to gambling uh, and uh, interaction. I mean, you'll see action for the NBA and other sports too, but NFL is king. So uh, having this take place before the NFL, uh, start of the NFL playoffs. We're going to see, uh, at least get some good preliminary data as to how much uh, uh, wagering uh, went on. And everyone's going to be reporting uh, as to the level of interactivity. Just because some of these companies are public now, it, it's just going to be part of uh, the narrative in general. So while I could say it's a new day for New Yorkers in general, not so much regarding the sports teams. Sports teams, we, we got a train wreck uh, still on our hands here, and it's not changing in the immediate future. So let's talk about the state of the New York football Giants, mainly because you guys keep asking me about the Giants, even though I want to don't want to talk about them, because the situation just continues to be a farce, and it's not going to get any better, but I'll explain why. So... As part of the latest embarrassment, getting drummed on the road to a Chicago Bears team that is absolutely firing their head coach, Matt Nagy. Everyone knows this. And, you know, we've known it for well over three weeks now. Uh, They just haven't uh, officially said uh, he's going to get released, but everyone knows. But, yeah. The, the the giants get dominated on the road by a bears team that should not dominate anyone the, the, the giants lost this game and it, 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 they lost 29 to 3 and i talked about this for dfs purposes do not pair uh, do, do not even bother playing in the new york giants play like there were there was participation trophy Accolades being tossed to Saquon Barkley for finally getting over 100 yards this year on 20 carries. His longest run was 10 yards. Everyone's looking at the stat sheet. I guess I'm one of the few idiots that actually watched the game because if you watch the game, the Bears literally set up in a defense where you could run the ball with their front. You should be able to run the ball with their front. With the amount of carry Saquon had, because he wasn't getting touched at the line of contact, because the Bears were literally just playing to, if you drop back, they're blitzing. If if, if it wasn't a run look, they were going to just be comfortable uh, giving you four yards of carry, even though you normally wouldn't do it. They had so little faith in the Giants being able to execute on... Short yardage runs if they needed it because they stuffed them. Or the Giants try to pass in a short yardage situation because every time the Giants needed to pass, they literally uh, broke up the pass play or just uh, hit Mike Lennon as he threw the ball. Mike Lennon finished that game 4 of 11 passing, 24 yards passing. He had a net negative uh, uh, production total. Be, uh, because of the sacks he took, and he threw two picks. It, the, the game was a joke, and the fact that people are actually talking about Saquon Barkley as if getting over 100 yards in a game like that where the game was over. The game was over. It was 29-3 to after the third quarter. The Bears let up and allowed Saquon to get into uh, 100 yards in that fourth quarter. I want to read off the box score uh, for the fourth quarter. And this is important. It's a minute and 42 seconds left to go in the game. Minute 42. The game's over. Giants run Saquon Barkley. First down, three yards. Second and seven. Saquon runs for nine yards. A minute left to go in the game. Again, the game's over. They're down 26. Saquon runs for another yard. Saquon got to 101 yards literally because they ran the ball in the last minute 30 just to make sure he got over 100 yards so they had a field goal story. And everyone's talking about, "Oh, what a great game Saquon had." Are you f- He had zero impact on the game. It was a that was as empty of a stat line as humanly possible what are you guys talking about? I don't the Giants literally and and I blame the media for this as well in New York because they're scared of the Maris and rightfully so the Maris can basically end your uh, career in the media uh, by and large if you're in print that's just the rule of law <laughs> but the fact that everyone's lapping this up is laughable it's laughable. He had no bearing on this game whatsoever. The Giants are 4-12. and Joe Judge, after the game, talked about his team's effort. And in so doing, because he's getting called out by the media, he had this gem. I mean, to be honest, this
1: was wild. I know the first time I ever talked to you guys in front of a microphone, what the hell I talk about? Foundation, right? I'm a building from the ground up, building the right thing. Okay? Now, you guys ain't been in the building for two years now with this cookbook. All right, but I'll tell you right now. All right, if you're in the damn building, you walking through our locker room, you ain't seeing a crap you saw before. All right, if you ain't seeing guys right now playing vacations. You ain't seeing golf clubs in front of players. <laughs> room, you ain't seen okay,
0: okay. So let's let let's let's go let's go back there. And his explanation is in the last two years, while they've been losing and losing badly because they've been blown out in. I think it's either twelve, but, well, nope, I'm wrong. Fourteen different games they've been blown out by double digits. Uh, obviously losing record six and ten last year, where he complained about not being able to make the playoffs because the Eagles uh uh, uh decided to play for draft position and complained that he could not actually make the playoffs at six and ten. Yes, this actually happened. Go back to the podcast where I made fun of this because. This should have been the warning sign to the rest of you, which is what I was talking about with the ego situation. Joe judge literally described a situation where an NFL team would have golf clubs in their locker rooms. First of all, he's in New York, the worst media place you can actually say, uh, for a team to quit. Have you ever seen or heard a story where a team, especially a New York team had golf clubs in their locker room. No, you have not. This is a lie. This is a bold lie. How on earth Joe judge thought this was a good idea to just throw out a random lie about teams having golf clubs in their locker room. First of all, it wasn't even just about an NFL team. It was about his own NF, his own team. So basically you dragged the previous coaching staff by saying their players quit on them and that they had golf clubs in their locker rooms. Are you are you kidding me right now? This is your this is your defense? It gets it gets better. It gets better.
1: Let, 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 let's keep going. You ain't seeing it. Right. And that's not because it's some high school program we're cracking with. It's because our guys understand. How
0: you're in the pros. Of course it's not high school.
1: So I can go through a whole X's and O's evaluation. I can go through a roster. I can go through a lot of things for you right now. Okay, I do it every day myself. I go through all that stuff. But in terms of the next step to take, I can tell you right now, okay, I know we're a whole lot closer where we're going and we're further away. No, you're not. I can tell you that right now. I can tell you we got more players here. Who are be free agents next year? All right. Who are in my office every day begging to come back? I know that because they wouldn't get hired anywhere else. The players that we coached last year—they still call me twice a week, talking about you know how much they wish they were still here and they're getting paid more somewhere else. That is literally tampering. So I know we've got the right foundational pieces in. I know we have some players, some key positions, right—that are guys you can build with, keep carrying on. All right. I know we have the right temperament. I know we got the right culture in terms of teaching the players. how to lose try to assassinate some player that think it's going to save money okay because behind closed doors we shut those doors I can tell every player to a man look him in the eye exactly what the hell he screwed up on and exactly how it's got to get fixed I can tell him except it it hasn't been been fixed because I'm going to sit up here like some other coward sitting on the microphone and put
0: his players on blast and he just dragged some more NFL coaches without naming names
1: I signed up to be the head coach here whatever bull gets fired better get fired for me got that gotta go through me to get to that that's the way it is.
0: Okay, so not only did you drag the previous coaching staff with Pat Shermer for having his players quit and imaginary golf clubs being around that no NFL team has been accused of, I went back and looked through to see where he could have pulled golf clubs from. It's completely made up. This is this is, I, I, I have to laugh because frankly, this is what we're stuck with. We're stuck with a snake oil salesman who is going to say anything he can to make himself look good. But he dragged the previous coaching staff, which wasn't good, but literally, there were a number of ways you could have just criticized the previous coaching staff, even though it's poor form, without making up nonsense. First of all. Second, he's talking about players begging to come uh, coming back. You're 4-12. If players are begging to come back, they should be showing it on the field, not telling you in their office they should be focused on doing their job and executing on the field. That that would tell you that there's a problem structurally, internally, that you are not addressing with the players, that they are coming to you begging to stay on the job next year. It's all fine and dandy to talk about how you're going to take that bullet for the players but guess what? Y'all y'all are worthy of being put out the pasture. It doesn't mean anything. It's hollow. You don't do anything well. And you've had time. It's not as though there are positive signs being shown whatsoever. People are trying to use the excuse, well, Daniel Jones got injured. Daniel Jones always gets injured. You still have quality, skill position players. You can't block. You have no imagination on offense. Everyone knows what you're trying to do. So, the Giants have skill position players. Teams struggle with the offensive line, but they still figure out a way of somehow getting some offense going. Here are some stat lines for the New York Giants that you need to understand for this season. They are second to last in total yards which is saying something because they play in the division where the defenses they are going up against are all in the bottom 10 of yards allowed per game. Think about that. They play in a division where if you took out the games against the Giants that the Cowboys, Washington, and the Eagles have played, they are in the bottom third of all NFL teams. Of yards allowed. The Giants are booing their opponent's stats. It It's mind-boggling. Same thing goes for points per game. The Giants are second to last in the league. The Giants spent a boatload of money on offensive weapons. Kenny Galladay has had his worst year as a professional athlete. This offense has gotten worse since Jason Garrett got fired. Which is which is the most amazing stat of all, of the ball. And, yes, the Giants rushing yards per game, less, uh, uh, averaging just under 100 yards per game. Most of that, well, oh, look, 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 because we actually had to look at this uh, uh, because I couldn't remember how many more yards Devontae Booker outgained uh, uh, Saquon Barkley by. Uh, But it it, it actually ended up, because of this last game, ended up being closer than I thought. Devontae Booker has 579 yards rushing compared to Saquon's 563. Now, people are going to say, oh, but Saquon played in fewer games because he was hurt. Saquon has 151 rushing attempts compared to Devontae Booker's 137. Think about that, folks. Devontae Booker has more average yards per gain than Saquon Barkley. Saquon's averaging 3.7 yards a carry. Now, is it all Saquon's fault? No. He has no line to work with, but Saquon is not the same player. It's time the Giants actually acknowledge that. Daniel Jones completed 64% of his passes this year, averaging 6.7 yards. But again, he cannot... Consistently throw deep balls. If you look at the analysis of uh, Daniel Jones's completions, they are dinking and dunking. He does not stretch the field. The Giants are were averaging under two hundred fifty yards per game passing. This is a passing league. The Giants are so far below average. The Giants are a bottom five passing offense, despite the fact that they consistently get blown out, which would make you think that they can at least pad garbage stats. We talk about the legend of Balake Bortles all the time because of his ability to pad stats. Hell, Deshaun Watson padded stats all the time, losing games in Houston. The Giants are so woeful throwing the ball. Here are the teams that are worse throwing the ball than the Giants this year. Carolina. Sam Darnold with a bum shoulder. uh, you had, and then they had Cam Newton mixed in with P.J. Walker uh, throughout the year. That that was Carolina's year, and Joe Brady got fired, and Matt Rule may be on his way out too at the end of the year. Houston. Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor. Okay, New Orleans Saints. Here's a special case. Jameis got hurt, so then it became Trevor Simeon and Taysom, who cannot throw uh, for more than half the year. And barely uh, just uh, below the Giants, mind you. And then the Bears with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton with Matt Nagy, who is a dead man walking. Even with that, the Bears average 183 yards per game throwing. Guess what they put up against the Giants? The Bears put up 173 yards passing, so the Giants defense played uh, better to the Bears stats. They still lost 29 to 3 because the Bears just ran it down the Giants throats. This team is not good. But you know why still ran for fewer yards than the Giants. And, and this is, and this is where you, you look at just how ineffective the Giants are because the bears in terms of total yards only had 249 yards total for the game. The Giants had 155. They lost 29 to three to a team that only gained 249 yards do you know how hard that is do you know how hard that is to get clapped that hard by a team that isn't even playing that well so again the Giants have no actual positive signs whatsoever and it's not going to get better because anyone who says okay well can we just fire can we can we fire joe judge okay let me put it in the reality situation to you in all likelihood, because the Giants don't don't want to fire him, Dave Gettelman will be allowed to retire from his pitiful job as Giants GM. Kevin Abrams is more than likely going to be the new GM. You know why Kevin Abrams is going to be the new GM? Because here are the other people in the front office that have been with the Giants for at least a decade. Running along uh, thereabouts. Chris. Starting the top of the list, Chris Mara, Senior VP, Player Personnel. Mark Kosk, Co-Director, Player Personnel. Tim McConnell, Co-Director, Player Personnel. Chris Petit, uh, he's the junior uh, director of college scouting in the role. He's been with the organization for years, but in terms of college scouting, uh, he's only been there uh, since uh, gentleman has been in place but everyone has been with the organization in some capacity for a decade outside of Gettleman. That's why Abram's going to be the guy because in order to actually do substantive changes to this team and Joe judge, I mean, listen, it is what it is. The guy's in over his head. He says a bunch of dumb stuff that he thinks his boss will like because he's speaking to an audience of one when he does these press conferences And that's John Merritt, because he's trying to show how tough he is and how much in control he is, even though every time he speaks, it becomes more blatant how out of his depth he truly is. But the reality of the situation is the Giants front office is filled with holdovers from previous regimes and family members. A new GM is going to want his people in there, and John Merritt is not going to sign off on that. So what you're stuck with is basically people who have worked in the organization and aren't going to change anything because they want to keep the exact same people in there. So it's a good old boys network in a sense, only it's the worst kind with people who could not get a job anywhere else because Kevin Abrams has worked for the Giants for over 20 years. Everyone in the NFL knows him. He has never been a serious contender for any GM spot in his entire tenure. Even when he got passed over for Dave Gettleman, no one was banging on his door to actually come and interview for a GM gig. Okay? I just want people to be clear about that. It's not like he had other options to go to, but just stay on with the Giants and hope for the best, because that's all he had. So, again. I know folks want something to change and be good with the Giants. I'm sorry. I don't have any good news for you because the reality situation is it's not changing anytime soon. Even if it's not Abram, it will be someone still with no authority to overhaul the front office staff. Until Jamara is willing to actually concede And let them fire his guys, which is a big if because I think there's probably a less than 3% chance of that actually happening within the next five years. You're going to see more of this kind of recycle trip. So Joe Judge, even though he's sinking himself, he's going to survive this year, in my opinion. I don't see a scenario where Joe Judge gets fired, even though he's more than qualified to get fired. Because the Pat uh debacle, while bad, still not as bad as this. This is worse. Pat Shermer didn't have the draft picks or the talent that Joe Judge was granted. I mean, the Giants have had so many draft picks at this point. And they've done nothing with them. Saquon is a bust. I'm sorry. He's a bust. Daniel Jones. We knew Daniel Jones what he was when he started. Is he as bad as people said he was? Not quite. Is he even remotely good enough to justify when people wanted to give him the Danny Dimes moniker? Absolutely not. But this is what people do. They, you know, because he wasn't as bad, people wanted to hype up the fact that he can actually look good in in certain spots. That's the NFL. But your track record is going to show what you are. And at best, he is an average NFL QB that you spent a uh, a number six pick on. It was a poor draft. And you had other QB options in subsequent years. It is what it is. So reality situation is there's nothing on the horizon that's going to improve the Giants outside of taking a wild swing and trying to pull off a Russell Wilson trade that would actually require you to be strategic because just trading for Russ isn't going to be enough. You actually have to free up enough cap space to get Russ and be able to have enough wiggle room for Russ to convince other free agents to shore up that offensive line so you can actually utilize the skill position players you do have on the roster and and just try to air it out. That's the reality of the situation. But the Giants don't even seem to be even remotely interested in going that route. So we're stuck in this malaise here where we're hoping for the best. Yeah, maybe you can get to seven wins next year is 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 anyone happy with that? Because then they'll say it's progress. It was supposed to be progress this year to get to 8 wins. You went backwards. But Joe Judge says they're building foundation. Foundation of just mediocrity. It, it, to me, that foundation's been pretty well set uh by uh your predecessors and your front office staff and you're continuing the tradition. But outside of that there, there is nothing here. And, you know, the fact that we didn't even catch a that clip that uh, if you go through the entire press conference, which is about 20 plus minutes, he even brought up uh, the fact that uh, you don't see players swing uh, uh, throw of f- f- having fist fights on the sidelines. That was a direct shot at uh, Washington and Ron Rivera, whom he's playing on Sunday. I am so curious to see if they even shake hands uh, on Sunday. because Ron Rivera is not that kind of guy that is like really going to media, but Joe judge took a shot at him. He took a shot at him and Ron Rivera, you know, tried to play it off, but he, he got increasingly more agitated because the the more you think about it, it's like, you know, Washington has had, uh, uh, players, family members, uh, uh, you had the Montez sweat situation where his brother was murdered. The Washington has had a lot of back, uh, 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 issues backstage, not to mention the fact that Dan Snyder continues to be one of the most reckless and irresponsible owners and endangering the safety of uh, his own fan base and visiting fans as well. But, you know, no, no one, no one even bats an eyelash when they see mishaps happen at FedEx field anymore. No one bats an eyelash because it's expected at this point. It's it's essentially having an NFL owner that's a slumlord. But, you know, Ron Rivera took exception to it, as he should, as did Pat Schirmer, who also was slandered. Joe Judge is breaking the cardinal rule of NFL head coaches where you try not to assault the fraternity. Joe Judge will be fired from the New York football giants at some point. I don't think it will be at the end of this season. But down the road when he is fired, I can pretty much be pretty clear in my assertion that in the NFL ranks, the only place he can probably go back to is new England. Because when you start taking shots at NFL head coaches and staffs, you are persona non grata. He he, he's burned bridges that he didn't even have access to. He only had New England roots to begin with. But throughout the, your coaching tenure, y- usually you, you at least build up your network even when you you are doing well so that you have alternative routes to go. He has burned those bridges already. This is a Josh McDaniel situation. So no matter what anyone says, Joe Judge's NFL career basically hinges on the, the grace of <laughs> Bill Belichick at this point because that's all he's got at this point. So, uh, again, him talking about players calling him, which is a tampering charge, by the way, if he's having communications about players uh, uh, proceeding next year that aren't on his roster, that's tampering that he admitted to, which could cost the Giants a draft pick. But, you know, the league office is taking pity on the Giants because they're so bad that, you know, they're not even, I doubt anyone actually investigates that one closely, but it, it's just mind-boggling that that even came up in the course of a press conference. So, yeah, I, I wish I could say something nice about the Giants, but r- the reality situation, the nicest thing about the Giants season is that it'll be over after Sunday. That's the nicest thing I could say. The season will finally be over. Ugh. But yeah, uh, you know, we'll talk about uh, uh, the uh, NFL game Saturday. Uh, you know, I would talk about it a bit more tonight, but the fact of the matter is is that if you look at it, it's a little bit tough because we don't know who's going to be playing uh without news. I think the Chiefs still play their starters um uh, because we got Chiefs Broncos at the 4:30 game and then Dallas Philly I think they're pulling all their starters uh, on both sides for that nightcap. So it's really going to be tough to gauge that game. I may have to do two separate shows, uh, but we'll see uh, time a lot of what we'll be able to get to. But uh, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough folks. There's nothing good to talk about with the giants, but it's going to be a new day for New York. And you know, same old Giants, <laughs> like right now with the way the Giants are, nothing has changed, which is sad, which which hurts me in many many ways. But I I can't, I can't sugarcoat the fact that the Giants are probably the worst situation in the NFL right now, just because of the amount of renovation that needs to be done on the back office side and on the on field product. It's just a massive undertaking that realistically you don't even have the support of the owner to do the undertaking which is why the Giants are probably the worst job in the NFL to have from a GM perspective so yeah the season's over on Sunday uh not looking forward to this offseason either so we'll see but don't expect much that's all for now folks until next time Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.